Radio Tiny House is on the air. Good morning and welcome to Radio Tiny House, where a new podcast and eventually be uh, an internet radio show where we're going to talk about all things about tiny houses, uh, shed to homes, uh, alternative living spaces, all that kind of fun stuff. My name is Barry Smith. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Beth. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you this morning? A little sleepy. She also happens to be my wonderful wife. So this is kind of a, a sweet gig to do a, a podcast with somebody that you uh, you enjoy being with, and who still. is still yes after many years Beth won't ever let me tell how many no. So uh, we'd like to welcome you to our our second broadcast. Really, the first broadcast was kind of a synopsis of of um, a podcast that we did on Beth's uh, page called Woman Reinvented. But it was about tiny houses as well. So we're just going to go from there and build and and. Um, we're going to talk about uh, things that we hope you're interested in. Uh, so, why are we doing Radio Tiny House? Well, you know, we have lived in a tiny house for about two years, and we had built a we built two basically, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But um, about what four months ago, um, what an article that we did, we were we decided for our second home to use a tough shed, um, and we bought it from the parking lot of Home Depot. Uh, honestly, the one that was in our Home Depot was really ugly. Um, yes, but, it was. <laughs> but we made it look pretty. And my theory is now Home Depot has decided to copy ours, or Tough Shed did. But anyway, um, so we had uh, had Tough Shed do an article on us, and uh, another blogger picked up our story. And basically, our Tough Shed sort of went viral the last time I looked. That particular article had 171,000 shares, and then two or three other bloggers have subsequently done um, articles on our house, and those have gone crazy. So we figure there's a lot of interest in what we're doing, and we're so delighted that with the life we've been able to craft that we figured other people need to know about it. So that's why we're here. Well, that's right. And right now, there seems to be a, a a renewed interest in tiny houses and in building tiny houses. So um, I don't know if it's because of COVID-19 or if it's because people are stuck at home and they're looking for something to do or if it's, uh, a, you know, a real need that's out there. And I think it's it's kind of a combination of the three. I think there's a tremendous need uh, for smaller livable spaces, um, both in, um, you know, the inner cities and suburbia and uh, in rural areas. Uh, so we're going to talk about all those things, and we hope it, uh, again, it will be interesting to you if you're trying to build a tiny home uh, or if you are uh, trying to, or if you're thinking about building a tiny home or if you're in the middle of building a tiny home and you're stuck for an idea or um, or just need some help. So we're going to, of course, talk with each other, and we're going to pull things that are interesting to us, but we're also going to be speaking with uh, tiny house, Beth calls them dwellers, I call them owners. Um, people who are currently, what? Not everybody that owns or lives in is an owner. That's true. Uh, so uh, tiny house dwellers, uh, we're going to talk to tiny house builders. We're going to talk about, um, tiny house neighborhoods that are going up all over the country. 
Uh, we'll do a little bit of tiny house related news. We're not going to be a political site. Uh, we're not going to talk about any politics except as it relates to uh, tiny houses. Uh, so whether it's uh, talking about um, legislation in your area uh, or um, city councils that are that are you know having hearings on tiny houses, it's going to be those kind of things. But we're not going to delve into politics or anything like that. Can I talk about rules? If you must. So we are rule breakers. Tiny home dwellers are probably rule breakers in many ways. We all sort of try to comply, but we are trying to live something that's a little different. And so tiny Barry and I aren't technically tiny home dwellers. Um, you know, the average square foot of a new house right now in the United States is about 2,500 square feet. And our house is 678 square feet. So we confess that we are not tiny house dwellers. But um, we certainly feel like from moving from 3,000 square feet that we are, um, you know, have moved into a different genre, if you will, of house. And uh, there are people who have set a law that a rule that tiny house is 400 square feet and some at 500 square feet. We refer to ours as a tiny home because we truly think that it is. But, um, you know, I don't, I think that our uh, the overview of what we're doing is all about living independently, living um, a different sort of lifestyle, free of clutter and stuff. Uh, we still struggle with that. But, you know, those are the kinds of things that we think are important, um, overarching themes about what we're talking about. That's right. Yeah, it's... Um... And, and there are many overarching themes to this, but those are certainly ours. And, and you may have different reasons and, and uh, different goals, but, uh, you know, one of our goals was to be um, to be mortgage-free and to be uh, a little bit more financially independent and to uh, save our money to do uh, some other things that we wanted to do. Like travel, like but travel. we can't. So we are, <laughs> we are going to be a sponsored uh, show, and we've reached out to a couple of people. And uh, right now, our uh, sponsor is My Tough Shed Home, which is a web, well, I guess it's a Facebook page, not really a website, uh, that Beth and I developed uh, kind of in response to um, the interest in our, in our home. I mean, it was, it's been crazy. So uh, you can find that on Facebook, and it's, uh, again, My Tough Shed Home. So today, one of the things I wanted to talk about was uh, the, the interesting times that we're living in with uh, with diseases and uh, people losing their jobs because of COVID. And there's it, this has kind of generated uh, an interest in moving out of the cities or in at least rearranging your life in, in a city. Um, so people are honestly looking more now probably than they ever have at alternative living. And uh, of course, one of those is is with tiny houses. So we see, we live in Georgia. So we see uh, that there are tiny house communities um, that are popping up all over Georgia. Uh, we went to visit one a couple of weeks ago that had been, uh, Beth had heard about, what, a year ago or so? Oh, maybe at least a year. Uh, so at, at least a year ago. And um, we went to, to look at it, drove for, I don't know, an hour to go see it. And well, we kind of were in that area. We didn't well, like totally uh, drive over there, but yeah. Yeah, we kind of did. Um, <laughs> and um, it it's not even built yet. 
So in a year and a half, they've been, I guess they've been working out details and trying to get things approvals. like that, get approvals. And it finally got started and it's, they've just broken ground. So hopefully that's going to be starting soon. But there are more and more communities that are, that are looking at doing tiny houses. Uh, one of those is in uh, Beth's mom uh, lives in Gordon County, which is in the northwest part of the state. And uh, they just recently turned down uh, a zoning request to build. How many houses did they want to build in this? I don't remember. I can look that up. But um, it was the uh, the non not for profit is Tiny Home Hand Up, and um, they were excited about passing. It was basically focusing on a veterans community. Adorable houses that they were um, trying to put up in uh, a s- space within the city limits. And um, they were just voted down because people were concerned. Um, and they were, um, you know, trying to just get a one-time variance to build this veterans community there. You know, the reason that we have, I'm becoming a, not an advocate. What is that? What is the next an, a, a next an word? Activist. An activist. <laughs> I'm becoming a tiny home activist because the reason we have homelessness is that the bottom of the market has been wiped out. Um, you know, starter homes now are three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. Our daughter um, lives in Atlanta and has been thinking about buying the house that she's in, and we've tried to discourage her from that because it's going to take so much work. So she, I think, by I finally have won. But um, anyway, for her to get her first home, she's going to be in the three fifty, four hundred thousand, and that's crazy. That is crazy. So most people can't afford that, and um, so that has contributed to homelessness. Look at you know where is homelessness? Usually in cities, of course, that's where people congregate, but also in places where things cost a lot of money. I haven't been there in years, but San Francisco, I hear, if you drive through, it's just tent city. Seattle, tents everywhere, which, you know, we lived there for three years. I cannot imagine living in a tent in Seattle. So um, we're advocating for affordable homes that can fit in with communities that look attractive, that are cared for, you know, that are um, that people want to live in and want to be in. So um, this tiny home hand up was in uh, Calhoun, Georgia. Um, if for any reason you have any burning desire to reach out to that community, um, please contact us through My Tough Shed Home. We'd love to uh, put you in touch with the right folks and, um, you know, advocate for people to live small. These were, you know, 200 to 500 square feet houses uh, made for one, usually one person, maybe two. They look just like little cottages, nothing weird, nothing funky, nothing on wheels. Um, But they were voted down because of, quote, concerned citizens. But they're still advocating, still trying to figure out how to make it work. So that was kind of the one. And then the other one that um, Barry was referring to is... um, in Clarkston, Georgia, I think it's pretty much sold out. I mean, they pre-sold most of their tiny homes, but they're going to be built as a talk, a pocket neighborhood. Ross Chapin, who is somebody that I've followed for years, has been doing pocket neighborhoods in Seattle, and they are just amazing. And if you don't know anything about them, certainly uh, look those up. He's got a book called Pocket Neighborhoods. Uh, but basically, the concept is to make the neighborhood walkable, make it... Um, 
a community where people have porches and places where people can gather and just have the kind of community that you would imagine that you'd want to live in instead of scattered out suburbia. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, I, I mean, Beth has been, uh, of course, um, an advocate for uh, for tiny homes and alternative homes for kind of as long as I've known her. Yeah. But, um, but it's important that we all kind of uh, help out uh, our neighbors, if you will, um, when they're trying to create a, uh, a pocket neighborhood or a, a tiny home neighborhood, uh, especially for those who are so vulnerable, whether it's uh, homeless people or our, uh, our vets who just, um, some of them just have uh, been through horrible times and um, just need our help. And a, a, a living space is, is often the first step uh, to getting them back on the road to uh, to recovery, whether it's from PTSD or from a, um, a horrible injury. Um, but it gives them a, a place to live where they can take care of and they can feel good about and uh, a, a safe place to, to sleep. So we need to, uh, to advocate for, uh, for these neighborhoods. So again, uh, you know, if you want information on that, reach out to us at uh, My Tough Shed Home. And, uh, and we'll be ha- happy to, uh, now I'm losing my words. This is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee this morning. Um, we'll, uh, we'll help you find the right people to, uh, to, to speak with. Um, we did. Now, Tennessee, we have discovered Tennessee's doing quite a bit in the world of tiny homes. So if you're thinking that you want a tiny home, you might want to check out uh, Tennessee. We drove through a tiny home community that was in Knoxville. They took a, a small lot and put 11 I tiny homes 11 in them. They're all the same. Uh, I don't know if that would have done that, but um, you know, certainly a way to keep down cost is to replicate the same thing over and over again. Uh, but they're kind of at the top of a little hill. We drove through there. In fact, I took some video there. So, um, And then I know that there were a couple of one of the largest tiny home on wheels manufacturers in Tennessee, and um, they are putting uh, communities there and uh, to have a places to put the tiny houses on wheels. You know, I either way, you know, tiny home on wheels or on foundation, uh, we're more of a foundation kind of folks. Right. But, um, you know, tiny homes on wheels are certainly something that people are using and uh, are using them as called uh, in backyards called accessory dwelling units. That's something we'll talk about more as uh, we move through our shows. But, um, you know, there are, you know, basically those two kinds, one on foundation, which is what we are, and the tiny homes on wheels, um, which are basically, if you think about it, kind of a cross between an RV and a single wide trailer. Right. Uh, that's exactly right. And that may be why, you know, some, uh, there are a lot of, now we live uh, in, in a rural area, but but the the county has declared uh, that you can't have a single wide uh, in our county. You can, you can have a double wide uh, mobile home, but you can't have a single wide. So uh, if we tried to do single uh, a, a community of tiny houses on wheels up here, we'd probably be shot down because unless we can do a workaround around the, the single wide trailer thing, they just don't want something that small up here right now. Although we are seeing that um, uh, in our area, that what's the Q thing you've... Oh, Appendex Q is being adopted. Basically, it's... um an add-on to the International Building Code outlining 
how tiny homes should be built. So that has been adopted into the International Building Code. Not every community is accepting of it, but if you are looking to try to get tiny homes within your community, you might want to just start doing some research there and help them understand that there are outlines for um, safety and living in a tiny home. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's obviously it's not unsafe to live in a tiny home. People have lived in tiny homes for most of the time that that man has been on this planet um unless you were a you know a king or something like that you lived in a tiny home and you know when we started building these large huge homes uh that's now kind of become the norm and uh honestly when we start when we first moved into our tiny well we our our shed to home conversion um People would say you you live in a in a shed. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's up to code. Right, we did build to code. We worked really closely with our building people to do that. Now there are a lot of people who are living in places, particularly in the South, actually, that there's not a lot of code that you know. But then you're moving rural. Right. Not everybody can. Right. Not you know? or wants to or wants to. Our so. daughter. I mean, we we love and adore our daughter, and um, she will come and visit us, but she does not want to move up here. No, and we've got space here uh, to build a, a third tiny home on our property, uh, but she doesn't want to live in a rural area. She likes to be in a in a vibrant downtown area, and um, a lot of people do. I mean, when I was when I was younger, the the my I mean the my goal for when I was younger was to move into a downtown condo, and I'm thankful that I didn't ever do that. But I thought living in downtown would be cool because there were shows, there were theaters, there were um, restaurants. restaurants and all the bars I went to. But uh, also, if you're living um, um, marginally, right, like you don't have a lot of savings or whatever, um, having not having to have a car, being able to go on the bus, uh, being able to work nearby, right. those are all important things. That's so exactly when you're living right. in a rural life... You know, the minute we go do anything, we have to get in the car and drive at least five miles. Right. We drive five miles into our small town or 12 or 13 miles into our nearest, what would you call that? Like bedroom community or, you know, um, like where our, all the outlet malls are right, and all our, that stuff. Our first touch of um, suburbia. Suburbia, <laughs> right. So, you know, we're, um, we, we drive and uh, if we were living... Uh, in a different financial situation, we wouldn't have a car. And right. that, you know, I think that's important to be able to acknowledge both of those are needs. Right now, people are escaping by escaping the rules, if you will, by moving out. But not everybody wants to. And honestly, if I were single, I wouldn't want to live out in the nope. rural, in rural world. I would want to live in a city where I had other people to talk to. Right. In a tiny house. In a tiny in a house. In the city. So uh, we've done that. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we've got a few more topics to go over. We're going to try to keep these things not really, really long. Although once we get uh, on the radio, um, we'll probably do 25 or 30 minutes of a, of a podcast type format. And then I'll probably wrap up and do uh, another 30 minutes of, of radio kind of stuff. And then I don't know how we're going to do it or what we're going to put on it. But radio cha- internet radio channels are 24-hour channels. They go all day long. So I'll be adding music. So if you want me to, if you know of somebody that um, 
<laughs> sings about tiny homes, that writes about tiny homes, that's a musician that lives in a tiny home, um, just send their information to My Tough Shed Home, and uh, I'll get in touch with them and see if we can't use some of their music uh, on our radio podcast or even as uh, some bumper music for um, uh, for this podcast. So um, we've kind of already talked a, bit, a little bit about us, but um, how did you get into tiny homes, the idea of alternative living spaces? Well, I guess I have to go way back. So when I was in college, which we won't talk about when that was exactly, but when I was in college... The um, wheel had been invented. <laughs> the wheel had been that. invented. Um, you know, I was fascinated by alternative living, and there were a couple of books out. One was called Handmade Houses. I believe that the author is Lo- Lloyd Kahn. I had that in my library. I had two or three other ones that were just unique books, and Barry was fascinated by that. And honestly, when through moves and things, when I got rid of other things, I always kept those books. Always. Um, one of them had was featured somebody living in a wine barrel in California. I think that's probably long gone by now. Um, you know, dif- different small and unique houses. Some of them were pretty odd. Um, but I've just been fascinated by houses that are kind of different. And Barry and I have been married a long time. We have grown children. And every house we lived in, except for one, I think, which was that one we rented in um, down the road, um, oh. it were different. We didn't uh, ever subscribe to suburbia. We didn't want houses that looked all the same. We didn't want uh, anybody to be able to tell us what color to paint our door. Yes, we're radical that way. <laughs> we didn't want them to be in, in in Atlanta. We live just north of Atlanta. All the houses have this sort of, you know, pitched roof, um, multiple cascading roofs. Kind of, they all look almost the same. Yeah, they all look the same. And it doesn't matter the price range. No. They all look, all the, look same. the same. Now, they're doing a lot of infills right now, which are very modern, kind of mid-century modern. But... The bulk of Atlanta is all the same. So we have things going on. We're sorry. Anyway, um, so we didn't want that. We didn't want a brown house with a white door or a black door. And so we always lived in um, different kinds of looking houses. Not crazy, but not, you know, ones that were more um, maybe older that were in more in infill neighborhoods that were a little different looking. We tried to always find something with a little bit of character and not just the the bland uh, beige and white and brown. (laughs) Right. So um, I think that part has sort of defined who we are and uh, then made it easier for us to kind of think about living in a kind of an alternative space. When we, when we went, we moved to Seattle, we lived there about three years and we moved back here and we rented a house for a while because we knew we wanted some land and we knew we wanted to uh, build. And that's kind of how we started on our, journey we built tiny we call it tiny house one uh it's still not finished really because we want to do some different things on the foundation because it's on piers which i absolutely hate but that's another whole story we'll talk about that someday but we also want to add uh big porches around it because the inspiration photo of tiny house one the bulk of the the wow factor is the porches but you know when you're living in trying to live mortgage-free, porches are an expensive add-on. Anyway, and then when once we had done Tiny House One, we were exhausted, but and we get, ended up giving that to our daughter, so we wanted Tiny House Two 
on our property, and that's why we decided to go to a tough shed because we were looking for alternatives, and there was well, one sitting right in Home Depot. Right, and we also and we, we wanted we also to change over. Didn't want to do that uh, that whole build that um, thing again self build um, project because it honestly did. It took a lot of time, and and it was hot, and it was cold, and it was wet, and uh, it was um, an interesting experience, but it wasn't fun. Well, and we were also working full-time jobs, yeah, so that we were. made it hard. And so we worked when we could, which which made it take a lot longer. So when we decided on Tiny House 2, and Beth told you the story about when she went to Home Depot, but um, at first I thought she was kind of crazy. But then when we talked to Tough Shed and we kind of looked at what we could do with it, we went, why not? It, why not? That, why not? So... It was um, kind of a perfect marriage of what we wanted and what somebody offered. So, and it's honestly, it's a, it's quite a nice house. We love living in it. Um, it's solid. It's comfortable. It's quiet. Um, it's just a really nice place. And I would encourage you if you're if you're considering doing that. We're not sponsored by Tough Shed yet, although they should uh, sponsor us. They should us. sponsor us. Um, uh, I would encourage you to to check out the uh, the tough shed line we got the tr1600 i think they've moved that to a different division uh they now have a new cabin division and so i think they've they've moved that over there so you may see one at home depot out in the parking lot it's the big two-story unit but you might not so but i would encourage you to go that route what Oh, being we, a married couple, it, it, the minute I make, uh, you know, we we read each other's uh, thinking. Well, when you point your finger at me, it usually I, I, means I didn't mean to point. Uh, my I want to interject something <laughs> no, here. I didn't mean to point my finger at you. I was worried about time. Oh yeah, we do. Well, we're going to have to do something about time. Time stands still when you're kind of in a recording or podcast studio. So uh, we have on our property, we have. Um, and we talked a little bit about this in, in episode one, but I'm going to do a quick recap here. We have essentially four buildings buildings on our property. The first the first one we built was a pallet shed for tools while we were building house one. We have house one. Then came what we call a shoffice, which is one of those shotgun sheds that's... Like a, lo- a lofted barn, rent-to-own kind of shed. You see them on the right. side of every... Highway, Every highway in, in the, the country. U.S. They're they're in places that don't have town names. <laughs> right. Somebody's got a, a shed place set up. Um, so we put that in here, and uh, we called that our office, uh, shed office. And so that was uh, building number three. And then our house was was building number four. Uh, we also had a camper for a and, while. Yeah, for a while that we sold um, that we lived in while we were building um, a house two. Uh, so when we moved into our tough shed tiny house, you know, it was like moving into a mansion, which was kind of nice. So, um, you know, those that those are just some of the things that we've done. Uh, we'd love for you to to kind of participate um, with my tough shed home and with uh, with the site, uh, a group site on Facebook called uh, Tiny House Three Sixty Five. Um, that you have to join. There's no. Fee yeah, got, to join. I've got a Facebook group. I do um, for, uh, every Sunday evening. I do Facebook lives where I talk about you know. Sometimes I actually done a tour of our house. Um, I so we're in the middle of this um, 
uh, conversion from our office. Uh, we're converting it from just being a kind of a storage office thing. Uh, Barry's voice acting studios in the back, and we're sitting in what we're calling the podcast studio now. But in the front, the little ones are going to be uh, being homeschooled. So we're converting that into homeschool. We're eh, 50% done, 80% done with that, and they're starting today because we're bad. It, it depends about... <laughs> on the day as to what percent we're done. <laughs> right. So they're starting and probably coming here in a few minutes. But, I mean, it's safe and warm right now, and we've got air and electricity for them. Uh, we still have to put do some finishing touches on the walls and um, get a carpet down for them, but they're fine to start right now, which is why I was worrying about time because they're going to be, be here. They're going to be walking up while. here any minute. So let's go ahead and move on then. Quickly. Um, so we, one of the a couple of the items we want to do every uh, every podcast is we want to talk about um, tiny house news stories, um, stories about tiny homes, uh, and again, if you if you have a tiny home and you want to uh, to join our conversation. You can do show, so at My Tough Shed Home on Facebook or Tiny House 365. Share your pictures, share your stories. Uh, we'd love to hear about them, and uh, you are probably going to be helping somebody else either to make a decision to to build tiny, or you're going to be able to help somebody with a problem. So, uh, the the three stories that are that could be related to tiny houses today that I want to talk about um, are the massive wildfires in California um, that have burned more than 2 million acres. And that sets a record for California. And California is often, uh, you know, we see it in the news frequently because it's on fire. Uh, But these are the biggest fires that they have have ever had. And um, on top of the fires, they're also having uh, a massive heat wave. uh, And they've set their highest recorded temperature uh, ever, uh, at a hundred, well, maybe not ever, you know, you don't know what's going on with, uh, you know, dinosaurs and things like that. But in modern times, it's, it was 121 degrees the other day. And that's, that's pretty freaking hot. Uh, we're sitting at, uh, 69 degrees right now in, in our little corner of North Georgia, uh, which is kind of nice. Uh, but that's, uh, was set in the San Fernando, uh, Valley in, uh, the Woodland Hills neighborhood. And they expect they're going to break that today. So can you imagine? No. 121 degrees and everything around you is on fire. That would be horrible. Yeah. And in a possibly related story, the price of wood continues to climb. Um, It's uh, obviously bad news if you're building a tiny house or if you're mid-project. Or Or maybe you'll make your big house into a tiny house. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, let's cut off a couple of rooms there because the price of wood is too high. Um, So um, it's primarily due to low inventory and extremely high demand. Uh, Right when coronavirus started, there was a a mills had a lot of wood on hand, uh, but it wasn't selling. And then all of a sudden, about a month and a half ago, uh, building started back up. And so now there's uh, there's not enough wood to go around because the demand so drastically increased, and the mills just weren't ready with uh, for it. They were you know sending crews home and well, part um, of the reason it's increased is I think people are starting back building, but also people are. I'm in several tiny home and shed to home groups, and people are fleeing cities and building um, shed homes, and the you know the demand is skyrocketing. And I read somewhere that the average home 
that they're building, which, of course, we know average home is a lot bigger than what we're talking about, has gone up. Did I say $60,000 in cost? That's insane. It is insane. It's going to put people right out of being able to even have their 2,500-square-foot house. So I think, you know, the other thing that I think is going to come from this, well, eventually it'll right-size, but also that I think people are going to have to downsize. You can't afford that. That's right. They're they're just going to have to go back to, you know... I mean, in this, during the war, you know, like the 20s and 30s, everybody lived in small houses. Right. We didn't have these mansions, if you will. Um, I think that's going to, people are going to go back to that and enjoy the small, cozy spaces. Yes, we'll have to get rid of a lot of our junk, and we'll talk about that on another episode. But uh, that's, those are crazy numbers. They are crazy numbers. And it's, I mean, again, we've lived in small dwellings for hundreds of thousands of years and only in recent memory have we decided that our houses have to be you know 2,500 square feet to to 10,000 square feet feet, and we all have to have green yards and um, manicured lawns and things like this Um, and it's honestly it's it's a little unnatural if you will it's uh, i mean i don't want to i don't get me wrong i like being comfortable well and if you can afford it and if that's what sure. you want go for go it for i'm it. a i believe that you should there should be options the problem is that small options just got kind of legislated out so we're advocating that they come back right well most you know for most people small option means apartment right and, and you can live in a tiny apartment look right. at new york city that's right and um but a lot of people, you know, they, they still have the dream of owning a small piece of property and building their own house on it. And um, so that's what we need to need to advocate for. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to do. And it's, it's more fun to do with somebody that's um, nice to look at <laughs> and has, uh, has a good voice. And... Um, is fun to be with. So anyway, thanks for listening. This was Radio Tiny House, and I'm Barry Smith. Beth Smith here. And uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> I know. we will see you next episode. <laughs>